Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you as well as Jesse until 11 a.m. The Better You Today text line is 55305. As a reminder, uh, this is for backup spots at the moment, but we may be using you as well. If you would like to be involved in either Rashad or I's fantasy football league with the Dirt and Sprague Fantasy Football Draft, which is this Wednesday at the Beaverton Big Owls in Progress Ridge on Barrows Road, 6 o'clock registration, 7 o'clock draft time. Uh, You have to be able to be at the draft and bring a laptop or a tablet with you. Uh, If you would like to be involved, please send your email address to the Better You Today text line at 55305. And if we do have a couple of spots open up, we will add you uh, to our league. We'll shoot you an email and make sure you can still make it. And then we'll shoot you an invite to the league. Um, So if, if any of you out there would like to be put up in a backup position for now, please shoot us your email at the Better You Today text line 55305. This Wednesday, Beaverton Big Owls. Progress Ridge, Barrows Road. Uh, Six o'clock is when you get there. Seven o'clock is when the draft starts. Rashad and I have a league. Jesse will be there. Uh, Luke and Will have a league. Dirt and Sprague have a league. I believe Buck, the morning producer, has a league. Swag might have a league. I think he does. Uh, Hot Chick League is Morgan this year, who's a promotions gal. And uh, there might be one or two more as well. So a lot of us are going to be there. So it's always a fun time if you'd like to be, even if you just want to come out and hang out. How do I become a part of the Hot Girl League? Uh, you do not do your own league, but uh, sadly, or no, not sadly, maybe sadly for you. <laughs> How do I cancel this league that I'm currently doing? <laughs> I'd like to join the Hot Girl League, please. Okay. Well, I mean, you can go say hi to the Hot Girl League, and you can sit in on the draft with your own computer if you want to be awkward about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and squeeze in. Hey, yeah. ladies. Hey. How's it going? Well, remember, it's just one Hot Girl. The rest, is, taken. The rest is likely going to be guys. The Hot Girl League is commissioned by... The hot girl station at the moment. Well, that's misleading. Well, sorry. I mean, you can still meet Morgan well, if you'd like, if you haven't met her yet. Well, I, I believe I have. Yeah? I believe I have. But it's cool. I'll just stay with the the, the winning league over here, the Champions League. The Champions. The Champions. Yeah. League of Champions. I think I'm going to change the name of my league this year to the new drop on primetime that has uh, 
become a favorite of a lot of people. Hi, I'm a balloon. Bye. That drop. My, I think my league is going to be that. The name of our league is I'm trying Jennifer. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm trying Jennifer. Yeah. Very You're, good. This is we the drop. know you are, CJ. We but, know you are. This is the drop that I'm talking about for those who, who don't know or don't listen to primetime. Hi, I'm a balloon. Bye. That was said on the air. That's a real drop. <laughs> Tight. Well, I mean, I'd love to know the context. But I just don't think I we was, have I was talking about uh, very, very large fake breasts. We were talking about the porn star that Jimmy Garoppolo was seen on the date with and how her boobs look like balloons. And I in, in that drop, I was a person who was walking up to her and I was talking as if I was her breasts. So oh, they popped God. out because they were completely hard to keep in her shirt. Hi, I'm a balloon. Go away. Bye. That was the drop. I don't know why I said bye. It just kind of was a thing that happened, and it became a funny drop. So there you go. Very good. That's what happened. You guys are party guys on primetime. You should know that. Yeah. We're what? What? You guys are party guys, man. I've been known to have a, you know, a Smirnoff ice or two while listening to primetime from <laughs> three to seven. Just saying. Why a Smirnoff ice? Huh? What? Because that's I feel like that's how we party at, at primetime. No. What? Zimas. <laughs> Which is making a comeback. I saw that. And it's like, hey, man, I'm going to get a Zima just for nostalgic reasons, if for nothing else. They're not good to drink. A Zima? Yeah. See, you're too young for Did you remember Zima? I remember Zimas. Yeah. I just didn't you're too young were... to actually have, have had one, though. I did not have them. Yes. yes. They were like liquored up sprites. Mm. Kind of. That does sound good. It was, it was okay. And look, let, let's be fair here. I'm assuming you've been iced at least once in your life. The Smirnoff ice thing where they hand it to you and you got to... And you just have to pound it. Oh, uh, you have to kneel and chug it? Yeah. I'm not kneeling. However, yes, I will pound. It was Mike's that's, Hard Lemonade, too. part of the rule is you have to kneel. You know, I don't want to do that. But, I mean, I'm too tall to, you know... I haven't done that since I was like 16. Yeah, well, like, when you, before you found out you're good. Uh, don't you mean 21? <laughs> you know, uh, oh, yeah. Drink, yeah. No, <laughs> no that was, that's, a definite, that's definitely a drink made for 16, 17-year-olds. Yeah, no, let's, right. not, let's stop fooling people thinking that flavored stuff is for adults, man. Once you turn like 23, you stop drinking anything that's like flavor. I'm not sure if right, people still Rashad, drink Right, but the legal drinking age is 21. So this is made for nudge, nudge, 21-year-old. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, it was definitely made for 21-year-olds, but... Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> However. I've only had to do it once in my life, and it was uh, really painful. Because it's it's so cold and carbonated that chugging it, it just hurts. So, wait. It uh, is how, just so pain. That said, how are you with chugging beers? Great. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, a different, it's a different kind of pain. When was the last time you beer bonged? Beer bonged? Beer bonged, yes. I shotgunned a beer recently, but I beer bonged probably senior year of college, like six years ago. Jesse? Uh, been a long time. I have shotgunned recently, which I come to find out, still the shotgun champion, but hmm. uh, that, that that was always my thing, like 12 ounces down the gut in like three quarters of a second, like boom, gone. I was decent at shotgunning, and I was actually, I was really good at beer bonging, or we called it funneling, but mm-hmm. it was really easy to me. I don't know. You just uh, just open the throat, open, let it go on down. Just, just open the throat. Create, so many create jokes. the space. Yeah, so many jokes that for that gonna... liquid. See, create you're, it. You're such a. It's moving on. Just talking <laughs> about beer, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, NFC North. We will continue our preview. Um, let's start with the Packers. I am getting to the point where I 
am worried for Mike McCarthy's job. He's been on the hot seat for a couple of years. Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem super happy. The team around him is just not that good anymore. And, you know, last year they went, what, 8-8? Eight and eight? And what did they do to improve the team this year? I I see nothing offensively that's super improving the team. I mean, obviously their offensive line has been hurt a lot. So if they stay healthy, that will help. And actually Aaron Rodgers has been hurt too. But I I don't like this team this year. And it's weird to say because you would think an Aaron Rodgers team would be able to still win 10 games, make the playoffs, and, and maybe that's the case. Maybe he can will them to that. But I don't see it. I don't trust it. Um, Here's the cold part. Like, the Packers – haven't really been a good team for a few years. Like, they've been lucky enough to have not even arguably, and this is coming from a Brady fan, Brady's biggest fan, the best quarterback in the league for the past five to six years. And he's been able to make it happen on his arm. And, of course, having guys like Jordy Nelson definitely helped. But now that your security blanket is gone and Jordy Nelson <laughs> – well, he was gone anyway because he was well, hurt. Well, no, because he was hurt. But, I mean, and we, we saw Aaron Rodgers make something out of absolutely nothing. He took a pack of Franks and made a five-course meal out of that. And that's pretty much what the – and not even, like, Nathan's Franks. Like, Bar S. That's what we have now with the Green Bay Packers. We have Bar S hot dogs. And then you have Aaron Rodgers, who's this filet mignon in the middle that just is trying to make everything else better. And, unfortunately – I don't know if he's going to be able to do it this year. Coming off of that shoulder injury, uh, we know he's going to be different. I mean, I think we all know Aaron Rodgers to be the most, one of the most competitive guys in in, in football. And you were kind of talking about the relationship with Mike McCarthy. Like, the, here's the here's the cold part. Aaron Rodgers is too much of a competitor to let the team sink. Like, he wants to win too much to just throw his hands up and say, "Man, screw it, I don't want to play." And I don't want to coach. I don't want to play with this guy and everything. He wants to be out there and he wants to win every single game. As as you can tell by how he was on the sidelines last year when Green Bay was losing a lot of those games, there was a lot of frustration in his face because he wanted to be out there. So I think he's too much of a competitor to lose games. And because of that, McCarthy's going to keep a job because Aaron Rodgers is going to keep them competitive. The, yeah, I mean, I, I, it sucks, man. It's like, man, you're not going to be able to get – because really, for being honest, McCarthy as a coach probably should have been fired a few years ago. Yeah, but Just being real. Aaron Rodgers the fact holds that Aaron, him up. Aaron Rodgers just keeps winning games. Then he gets hurt last year. And so, okay, well, now you get why you right. weren't as good. But They finished 7-9 and nine he, last year. He comes year. out there and he wins 10 games, and all of a sudden, like, you get to keep your job because you potentially just made the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win the MVP. Well, I was chatting with a Packer fan yesterday, and I'm like, this is what kind of – I think is really weird about the Packers recently, the way they're drafting, like, like, uh, like last year, half their draft was running backs this year. It's like half, uh, like half corners, half wide receivers. And so you just end up with this weird unbalanced roster of talent and you, you're constantly like, well, Oh crap. Now this year I gotta, I gotta focus on, I gotta draft three running backs cause we don't have any anymore. And then, Oh no, I have to draft this many. It, it, yeah, their first three picks this year were, a corner in Jair Alexander, mm-hmm. a corner in Josh Jackson, and a left outside linebacker or inside linebacker, it says here, in Oren Burks, whoever that is. Yeah, they just went almost all defense in their draft. Yeah, this no, year. literally. And they had a horrible defense, but at the same time. And so so then they go and they get, they get uh, late round wide receiving talent as well to try to help 
Aaron Rodgers, who you went and you fired his quarterback's coach, which I don't know why you would do that. You got the best quarterback in the NFL. They got a great relationship, so you just fire him without talking to Aaron Rodgers. And then you you get rid of Jordy Nelson, which I get he's overpaid. He's older, but at the same time, his best friend basically on the roster, his number one target, and a guy that just catches touchdowns for you. And then your replacement for him is Jimmy Graham, who admittedly is an interesting like acquisition, but at the same time hasn't been good in four years. So you're just like, what are you doing for this poor guy to help him get to another Super Bowl and win one more ring before he has to eventually retire? Do you know, do you know who the Packers are? Loki, I'm sorry. I'll let you get back to lunch. You know who the Packers are? Or excuse me, Mike McCarthy in particular. Mike McCarthy is Doc Rivers. We all know he's not a great coach. But for whatever reason, because he keeps winning games, you know, because he had some talent around him, he just keeps gets he just gets to keep his job, you know, every single year, regardless of how bad he actually is. That's just kind of what happens. That's where we are with McCarthy, and he's just lucky enough to have the best player in football on his team that just keeps saving his ass. So there it is. Yeah, it's just it's rare for a team not to give such a good quarterback as Aaron Rodgers any help. I mean. Peyton Manning always had great receivers around him when he was on the Colts. They they really did build a good offense around him. Now, their defense was questionable at times, but they really did build a good offense around him. And they kept a good offense around him until he had the neck injuries and, and left. Tom Brady has always had good uh, a good offense around him, although sometimes it doesn't look like a good offense. It turns out to be a good offense uh, once the season starts. And with Aaron Rodgers, he's such a special quarterback that he could make the the average look good to great. And that's good, but there's only so much you can do. And now that you don't have Jordy Nelson anymore, and now that, you know, I mean, this is going back some time, but now that Greg Jennings is long gone, you, you know, your, your good receivers from the past have left. Nobody else has taken that mantle. I guess Devontae Adams is supposed to take that mantle, but we haven't seen that yet. And there's only, again, there's only so much he can do, Aaron Rodgers. And plus his offensive line needs to stay healthy because he gets hit way too much, which is why he gets hurt. So... That's the Packers. All right, we went way too long. Uh, I guess next segment we'll wrap it up. Lions and Bears briefly. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 18 here on your Sunday morning. Let's wrap up the NFL uh, North division preview that went way longer than I thought it was going to. Uh, <laughs> the last two teams we have left are the lions and the bears. I want to start with the lions and I think everybody has this team where they always think they're really good and then they never turn out to be that good. But to me, that's the Detroit lions because I just, I look at the way the roster is built and I'm like, God, a great quarterback they got a good running back situation they've got really good receivers three of them now because Kenny Galladay is going to be there and be healthy offensive line is good they've got a new head coach who's coming from the Patriots who had a great defense there and their defense is decent to good and with a good defensive coach might be really good I like the Lions I like them a lot but yet Detroit almost always disappoints me they almost always finish around 500 they just miss the playoffs or they barely make the playoffs and lose in the first round why is it that the Lions never can get up over that hump? They have a good team. They've got one of the better quarterbacks in the league. 
and they're letting it waste because they can never seem to get over that eight and eight hump. The Lions again. It's one of those teams that you again you expect a lot from, and then every year it's just like, huh? They had the one year where they went to the playoffs. Was did they go last year? It goes two years ago. Yeah. So yeah, a couple of years they went to the playoffs. Um, things were really hopeful there. I think that was the year after they had Megatron, and it's 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 not a thing about Stafford not being talented because if you look at this roster. Um, it's it's not a bad uh, it's not a bad roster. You mentioned Galladay, who you got coming back. Uh, Legarrette Blunt, wherever he goes, just it's he's he's been a Super Bowl champion in his last you know two teams he's played for. I think it's going to be really helpful for Amir Abdullah to absolutely be kind of a secondary guy with Blunt because Abdullah, as the workhorse, was not working. That's a change of pace. I think Abdullah be became a, a a running joke here on the show. Yes, on on Football Sunday, he became the butt of of a whole lot of jokes. But Blunt being the starter and then Abdullah being a, a second or maybe even the third running back man. And all, now all of a sudden you look serviceable as opposed to someone who's trying to carry the load for your team, which you're, you're not equipped to. Uh, again, Matt Stafford is good. Golden Tate is one of the more underrated receivers in the league. When people start bringing up those top 10 receivers, like nobody ever says Golden Tate's name. And I think he should be mentioned as far as one of maybe not a top 10, 12 receiver. Uh, in this league. So you've got a good team and your defense is always solid ish. You know, it's okay. So, yeah. It's I think bringing in Patricia is going to help though. I mean, Matt Patricia, if he can, you know, stay out of weird trouble, then yeah, you got, you got a good, you know, you got a good guy in, in charge to make sure you can make some great calls defensively. I can tell you as a Patriots fan, Patricia didn't always make great calls down the stretch. Uh, there was a lot of questionable, you know, calls that he would make, but I guess as a, as a head coach, you have to be um, somewhat willing to to live with well, some of those mistakes. And, and he hired he was he hired Paul Pasqualoni to be his uh, defensive coordinator. So <laughs> go Lions! I mean, I mean, he's got Jim Bob Cooter, offensive coordinator. He was really good last year, but um, it's just hard to talk about Paul the Lions. Paul Pasqualoni sucks. Yeah, it's 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 hard to talk about the Lions because they're just they're. They're just so mediocre. The Lions, the Bengals, they're just one of those those teams that are just I'm right kidding. there. He doesn't, the, he doesn't suck. Yeah. I just like to make fun of him because he left Syracuse. Well, I mean. <laughs> yeah, he I had mean, some of their better teams there, though. But what, was Syracuse ever really good? Yeah. When? Donovan McNabb, Dwight Freeney, Marvin Harrison. That's like, that was like, what, two years? Well, yeah, but it was in the late, he was there when they happened in the late 90s. Just, just letting you know. Go Lions again. So I mean, <laughs> he was a good. No, he was good at Syracuse. He had 107, 59 and one record. I just like to make fun of him, but most uh, Syracuse fans do. It's just kind of a funny thing because he went to UConn and wasn't very good there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It's funny, but he he's okay. I don't know about as a defensive coordinator. I haven't seen him do that in a while. But um, but yeah. And then the uh, Bears. I'm I the Bears and eh, you got Mitchell Trubisky. Whatever. You know, I don't really care. I'm really curious about Mark Helfrich being the offensive coordinator. I want to see what his role is. I know that Matt Nagy is likely going to call plays because he was the Chiefs offensive coordinator when he was hired by the Bears this year. But I want to see if Mark Helfrich can bring interesting concepts that he learned under Chip Kelly that will be different and unique in the NFL. As the NFL is kind of trending more towards the run run uh, pass option play, the RPO play, uh, we're seeing that a lot more. I'd love to see Mark Helfrich and what he can do in Chicago in terms of helping to create a playbook with, with Matt Nagy. That's what I'm interested in in Chicago this year. Helfrich was one of the, you know, best offensive coordinators, you know. He was a good offensive coordinator when he was with uh, with the Ducks. 
not a great head coach, but sometimes it takes a long time to really develop a, and I guess a, a personality, you know, as far as being a head coach, because that does have a whole lot to do with it. You know, more than just the X's and O's, man, are you able to sell yourself to, to these men in the locker room? And he wasn't really able to do that on the college level. Maybe as a coordinator in the NFL, he might be able to find his groove. We all know he's a great football mind. He has a great, op- a great opportunity to develop uh, some really good offense behind what is still we're still waiting to see why he was the number two pick in the draft. Yep, Trubisky. So I mean, you get taken second overall, then you can obviously play, and or at least that's the that's the expectation is that you're going to be able to play. So we'll see what Trubisky is able to do. I think we all saw some stuff that we liked last year, uh, saw some stuff that you didn't like. So you're not really sure how to take that because it's the Bears. You know, the Bears has never really been uh, a team that's been offensive minded. Everything about the Bears has always been on their laurels of defense. And now you have to be able to, in this NFL league, that's all about offense and protecting the quarterback. How are you going to put things in place to make sure this young man is successful? That's my biggest question for the quarterback if you're Mark Helfrich. What are you going to do to make him more successful in this quarterback-driven league? Yeah, and that's one thing, too. I guess Trubisky is interesting because he's just – I didn't like the pick when he was drafted because he didn't have much of a, a history when he was drafted out of North Carolina. And last year he looked okay at times. He looked lost at times. I mean, it was a true rookie quarterback season. Now as a number two pick. You'd expect a little bit better than that. But um, remember, he he didn't even start the year. Remember, they got Mike Glennon. And Mike Glennon was like starting. $10 million. Well, now he's gone, but uh, I am interested in, in in how Trubisky does with with Mark Helfrich there. I just I wonder if Helfrich can I guess resurrect his career by doing this because remember he went into TV after he got fired by Oregon and he did a couple of the the TV things for a year or two, uh, and now he's back in coaching and I I think he belongs in coaching. I just it was such a demoralizing way for him to go out. Yeah, it's just that on a on a whimper, on a big wet fart, like yeah, with right. four wins and three wins, four wins. I can't remember. Was it four? Was it four? I can't remember. Was it three it or four, Jesse? Jesse, four wins for the Ducks in that bad year with Helfrich. Four. I, I, I think it was three. Three. It was really bad. Huh. I'll look it up. I'll double check. Well, um, and and you know, and I think that's how we we tend to remember him is that three to four win team. We forget about the team that went to the national championship under Helfrich that was what 12 and 1, you know, the year prior. Whoa. So, yeah, they were 4 and 8. Yeah. 2 and 7 in Pac-12 play. Yeah. I saw uh, that and went, "Wait, what? 2 wins?" Yeah, they and then the it, well, it was this slow decline because the year before that was what 9. 9 and 4, yeah. And, you know, they went from double digits to 9 and then it was just this huge drop off to 4 wins. Well, and that that year, the 9 and 4 win year was the year they blew the huge lead against TCU in the in the Alamo Bowl. Um, but the two years prior to that, he went obviously to uh, eleven and two and thirteen and two and made the college football playoff in that one year. So, I mean, it won an, or made it to a national championship. Made it, and know, actually, so. a lot of people think the Ducks didn't play well in that game because they lost to Ohio State, but they actually did. They were only down by like three or seven going into the fourth quarter, so it wasn't like it was a bad game. No, and uh, I, I actually I think we forget about the game the uh, the week prior where they completely took Florida State apart. Yep. So it's not to say the that James Winston fumble play. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not to say that Mark Helfrich can't be a huge help to what they're doing in Chicago. At this point, I don't think they can do any worse in Chicago. There's really no expectation. So anything is a step forward for you. Well, and he's not calling plays. So 
that is we're not going to be able to see it in the play calling. I think we're going to see it in some of the packages run and just in the overall improvement of Trubisky and some of the offensive players there because they are very young. The Bears are as they kind of tanked to to rebuild. All right, coming up next is Hater Love It Time, but first, Jesse S. Warner. were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. Jesse will ask us questions. He will award us points or deduct us points based on our answers. The winner will host the last segment and get their music played for the last segment. So let's get underway. Those awards just keep piling up for you guys. I know. Well, Rashad <laughs> obviously won last week. So would you like to go first or second? Actually, uh, I guess, did Mike Lee win last week? No, Mike Lee definitely didn't win last week. I won. I beat two people. It should be noted. Yeah. Two yeah. People. No, uh, it was kind of like a come from behind victory for him as well. Really? Yeah. Mm. Anthony Deloney's on point when it comes to hate it or love it. He gets it, man. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Shout out to my guy, Anthony Deloney, man. Um, I'll go. I'll. Uh, you said you. If you like better, you like going second better. Yeah, oh, he definitely first. likes to go. Whatever second. you like. going first. <laughs> Whatever you like to do. Lynch he likes going to have first. time to like you know go over, read, listen to what you have to say, analyze, and then yeah. you know make his retort. Which yeah, Lynch I goes first. That. All right, Lynch is going first. Um, Marquise Goodwin, wide receiver in San Francisco. He had an interesting. Mm start to his career former uh track long jumper fast as hell um that was considered a situation situational deep threat in the beginning of his career in buffalo however his role seemed to change under kyle shanahan in san francisco in his first year there uh along with jimmy garoppolo it seemed to even blossom more uh, into what was quite a campaign there in the last uh, five, six games of the season for Marquise Goodwin last year. He's had a great tar- start to preseason this year. Love or hate, Marquise Goodwin will have his first 1,000-yard season this year. Love, that's an easy one for me. He almost got 1,000 yards last year, mm-hmm. and now you're going to get a full year of Jimmy Garoppolo, not just a couple of games of Jimmy Garoppolo. To me, that is going to be an absolutely perfect fit for for him. He is an interesting case because to me, he's he's finally turned into kind of a a slot speedster, not just I'm going to run down the field for the Bills and try to catch an 80-yard touchdown pass every single time. He seems like a good safety net for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to get more touchdowns. He only had two touchdowns last year, uh, so he should be able to get more touchdowns as well. Honestly, I think the entire, entire Niners team is going to look a lot better due to the fact that Garoppolo has a full season there as long as he's healthy. And that does include Marquise Goodwin. Um, the only worry I have is he's smaller. So if he gets hurt, uh, which is certainly possible for a guy of his stature, then the 1,000-yard season will not happen. Um, so I guess it's a caveat in there. But I'll still say love because as long as he's healthy, he should be able to do it as one of their top receivers. 
I I I love it as well. Um, again, Lynch mentioned he had almost a thousand yards last year, uh, 962 to be exact. So he was right there. Mind you, this is with uh, a Brian Hoyer and with uh, whomever else was throwing the ball before Jimmy Garoppolo got here. I, when I think of uh, him, I, I I can't help but think back to last year. I think his he just lost his baby. Um, the complications. I think just hours before he played. And he went out there, and I think his first play, he caught an 83-yard touchdown. You know, from uh, I think that was from Brian Hoyer. Here's a guy that he knows how to catch the ball. I look, he looks a lot like Brandon Cooks did when he was in New Orleans at first. Just that guy that could break a, a long one real easy if he wanted to. Uh, I, I'm curious about how well he's going to run routes because he is a track star, so he has that, you know, that north-south speed. So I mean, route running is probably the only thing I would really wonder about. But they got him through 2021. So you got time with him and Garoppolo to really develop a record with a run game and everything. I think he could be one of the best receivers in the league. He was top 20 last year in receiving yards, and that's really without having a top-tier quarterback. All right. Top 20. Uh, it's a name that we all know around here, uh, Mr. Rolls-Royce Freeman. Hey, now. Now, Mr. Freeman's been battling in training camp and – the Broncos training camp uh, with Devonta Booger Booker <laughs> uh, for the starting gig in Denver. Now Booker has drawn both the starts in both the preseason games, but Freeman has been working with the ones as well as they've been rotating the backs in. Freeman's looked like the better back and could possibly draw the start on their third preseason game, which we all know is, you know, kind of, what we're probably going to see week one. This one's a little bit more difficult. Love or hate, Royce Freeman will finish the season with 220 touches. Mm, 220 touches? Yeah, that basically means we're going to turn you into workhorse back, but we're probably not going to use you a ton in the passing game. Who? Uh, do you have an example of who had about that much last year? Just off the top of your head. I don't off the top of my head. I would. Uh, that's probably going to be something along the lines of a Devontae Freeman who shares touches with a guy like Tevin Coleman. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll say love because he's obviously better than Devontae Booker. Booker has never turned out to be much of anything in the NFL. I liked uh, him out of Utah. I thought he would actually turn into a decent workhorse back, but you've seen the last couple of years, he cannot keep a hold on that job. They've given him every opportunity because the other Broncos running backs have been struggling. Uh, and he just hasn't been able to do it consistently. I was not high on Royce Freeman coming into the NFL. I thought because of his uh, the style of running, he was going to get beat up early. Uh, he's obviously an older running back. He he came out a little bit later. Uh, I thought he was going to struggle, but everything is pointing to him being a possible workhorse back. And if that turns out to be the case, I think he could get way more than 220 touches because they might just start to rely on him in uh, both the passing and the running game. He's been great in the preseason so far. I shouldn't say great. He's been good. He's been uh, averaging four to five yards a carry, which is very solid for a rookie. And uh, I really do think I've read a lot about how people are very high on Royce Freeman and how he is going to become a starter almost immediately. And I I will love that he can get to 220 carries because of that. Or touches um, because of that. Uh, yeah, I think he can get to, oh, jeez. Oh, I love it. Um. I think Royce Freeman, from everything I've read and everything I've seen, uh, he's been the most impressive running back from Broncos camp. I'm not sure if you guys know much more about what's going on at your training camp than I do. But from everything I've read, man, he's pretty much outworked 
uh, all the other uh, running backs on the squad. So he had his first, you know, four-yard touchdown run, but he's been really good so far in the preseason. Like Lynch said, he hasn't been great, but he has been incredibly productive, especially in the small sample size that you really get in preseason. I look at him as a guy that can be um, uh, and a really electric running back. If you remember anything about Royce Freeman, he's one of those guys that likes to create contact. He looks for the guy to run into, and I think he actually kind of, you know, prides himself on being one of those guys. And for really, for as much as many hits as he took, he never really missed a lot of time as as the running back for the Ducks. And this is, and he became was it number one all time, and was it rushing touchdowns or yards or one of the two? I can't remember what exactly what it is right now, but I do know with uh, with. In this division, man, he can be incredibly, incredibly effective for what he's able to do. And don't forget that he can also catch the ball out of the backfield. So, Royce Freeman, uh, I think 220 uh, touches is perfect for him, and it wouldn't shock me if he had, man, 30, 40 catches out of the backfield. Just so you know, that last uh, point was a little late. It was for the uh, touch NCAA touchdown leader for rushing okay. touchdowns. So, that was a, a good point. That is actually, um, yes, I listened to a lot of – Denver radio. Uh, one of the big reasons that they drafted him is because he produces touchdowns, and that's something that Denver has lacked. So even um, CJ Anderson, who was good for years, was awful in the red zone. Yeah. Once he got to the goal line, he was like, "Yeah, I'm not going to get." And I don't. I mean, and that's been where so far, I, in between, like in between the twenties, Royce hasn't looked great. I think he's looked okay he hasn't like once he gets inside the 20 he's kind of like jordan howard that way all of a sudden he smells that goal line he's ready to get there he's different back in there all right moving on just so you know that was a pretty good round for rashad i heard a lot of points for him three points behind sir (laughs) um would you guys uh i'll give this uh i'll give you i'll throw you a bone would you rather talk uh carlos hyde or patrick mahomes I'll talk Mahomes. All right. Patrick Mahomes. Hot, hot name coming into the season. Actually, in fantasy, too. He's, he's being drafted, probably being overdrafted right now. A lot of people really think he's going to be this next big thing. Big arm, electric gunslinger, kind of like Brett Favre. Does throw some interceptions. You got Andy Reid. Is he going to fall in love with his quarterback again? Forget about his running back. Interesting storylines there. Traded Alex Smith to Washington. Washington wondering, can Alex Smith do what he did last year? His best statistical season by far. Second best quarterback in the league last year. Love or hate Patrick Mahomes will have a better season than Alex Smith. Love. That's such an easy one for me. First of all, Alex Smith is going to the one of the worst run organizations in football in the Washington Redskins. Second of all, the Kansas City Chiefs are good. And Alex Smith was obviously a good quarterback and good enough, but Patrick Mahomes has that electric side of him that Alex Smith never did. Alex Smith is a great game manager. Alex Smith is a guy who can certainly run an offense efficiently using a West Coast style shorter passes, occasionally can air and out. Uh, but really not that well. We saw in the preseason game, I saw a highlight of this actually when I was gone, Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. He, Tyreek Hill overran three, triple coverage. It was nuts. By like 10 yards, he was open, and Mahomes perfectly dinked it in right there. And no, he won't forget about the running game because don't forget Kareem Hunt's the running back there, and he was the best rookie running back in the league last year, and he's going to need to get his touches, and that will help Patrick Mahomes work into being an everyday starter. It was really smart of them last year to give him that chance in week 17 to start as well, get some of that under his wing before he became the starter this year. Uh, love. Uh, so one thing Alex Smith has always been for his, most of his career is captain check down. You, you, you really 
fear him throwing that ball deep because you don't know exactly what you're going to get from Alex Smith. How about this? Point of information. That pass that Lynch talked about, 68.6 yards, the longest pass. There wasn't a pass that was longer than that the entire 2017 season from anybody. So you mean to pair him with Tariq Hill's uh, speed and his arm strength, he, they can beat two, three corners every single night with the same streak play if they really, really want to. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a guy, and also he's six foot five and can kind of move a little bit. So if he decides to escape the pocket, mind you, is he going to be Lamar Jackson escaping the pocket? No, but he's big enough and he's athletic enough where he's going to make something happen. He's a pocket passer that knows how to move and can throw the ball anywhere on that field. I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes to be, I mean, for a long time, uh, Derek Carr, yeah, has been the, the best young receiver in the AFC West. I don't know if we can really say that anymore. Now, Patrick Mahomes is really on the on his backside for that. So I think Mahomes is going to have 25 touchdowns and, you know, close to, you know, a little over 4,000 yards this year. Nice. Nice. Um, a lot of Mahomes love. A lot of yeah, man, Mahomes I like Mahomes. Everybody was too. Everybody was looking crazy when they drafted him. I was like, man, no, this kid can well, play. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't love the pick originally because I was like, ah, Texas Tech quarterbacks don't usually produce that well. It's it's a style or a system thing. But then he started getting a lot of love, and then I started seeing some of his stuff in the preseason, and I was like, wow, maybe they did find a, a little gem here in the middle of the first round. So I'm all aboard the Patrick Mahomes train. I'm I'm higher on him than I am on Mitch Trubisky right now. Oh, yes. Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, of course. With all that right. said, what a ferocious attempt at a comeback by Mike Lynch. But it was Rashad Taylor. All right, man. Who got the win. Going for gold. Woo. What did I lose by two? Wait, yeah. Uh, let's hear it. Uh, yep, 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 yep. You lost by uh, one. One. Mm. I- I'm telling you, it was a great comeback there. Great comeback attempt because you were down way oh, down. Hey. That, was, that was one of the worst holes that any of you have been in going into the third round. And Jeez, just thanks, almost Jesse. pulled it out. Almost yeah. pulled it out. Well, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, so. Uh, Rashad gets host the last segment. Uh, we'll see what he wants to talk about. That's next here on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. What time is it? I can't see. 10.50. That is the time. We got time. We, this, we almost never have time to come back to, to this segment. I mean, we I, have a couple sec, couple minutes. I'm trying to be a little better about the clock on this show. Sometimes it doesn't work. I think once we get into the uh, football season and our fantasy segment starts, our whole show is going to get thrown off because that tends to go for like 30 minutes. The funny thing about fantasy is like we, we get to that point where it's like 9.58, and like we're trying to rush through all of them and make sure everybody's games good. Because we have a countdown on the TV that says, "Man, it starts in like." Because as soon as it turns ten o'clock, everything freezes, and yep. so that's the part that's that's always fun. And then we can tell like right now, during the when the season's over, we'll get text all through the show from the start of the show, pretty much through the end of like hate it or love it. Like right around that that time, people kind of stop texting. We don't get as many. Man, football starts at ten o'clock. 
no more text. Like it's just like <laughs> it's crazy how like the minute we get to like 9:58, 9:59, we don't get any more messages about anything. We can have man uh, a live webcam of strippers in the studio and nobody's paying attention. Everybody is uh, on looking at their phone for fantasy and you got the hookup that. for that. You want to do that? I can do that. I can get four girls here right now. Not a problem. I mean, it's kind of late for that. We just kind of it'd be interesting to do a whole show with like strippers just performing. In we the can do that, man. We can do that. <laughs> we listen. We are the people show here at Sports and Football Sunday. So whatever the people want, mm. we we can give them that. Whatever like, like the said, people want, the people will get. I can get four strippers right now. Easy. Just saying. Really? Yeah. Like easy. Like they're awake right now. Easy. I mean, man, the day is halfway over. Lynch. It's you know. It's ten fifty two, and I'm assuming they worked yeah. last night until like four in the morning. Probably. Money so never. Money never sleeps though. Baby. Mm. Yeah. So their phones on loud, waiting for the call. Man, waiting for the call. But see, we're not gonna pay them. We're, this is just them to. This, this is for this is just for just for leisure, you know, just for them to come yeah. and just for. Okay, well. Might have a couple that are still with it. We'll see what's up. <laughs> hey, they're on the radio, right? Hey, Is that payment? Yeah, we'll be. Oh, you, myself, and Jesse will be the only ones that really get to enjoy it like that. We can paint a vivid picture. We could, yeah. For everyone else. But. Go out to the A Crop or wherever, whatever the strip club is that they work at tonight. Have you been no. to the A Crop? No. So, good steak. That, okay, so here's the cold part. Good steak. There are a lot of places that I think once you come to Portland, you kind of have to go. Now, I'm not a voodoo donut guy, but I understand why if you're in Portland, man, you go to voodoo donuts. Yep. If you live here, you have to at least go into the A-Crop at least once. If nothing else, to make sure you get some steak or some steak bites, man. Their food, they have, like, the best food in town. For whatever reason, strip clubs are always have I phenomenal say, food. Let's not say best food in town. They have some, man, listen. I've heard they have very good steak bites. I go to A-Crop so. for lunch, you know what I'm saying, sometime, just because. Lunch I, in the view? Not necessarily the view for the steak, you know, not the I'll definitely do that. So the juicy view of the juicy steak. Absolutely. So and you can eat those on the stage right as the ladies are dancing, have a nice conversation, you know, with the lady as she's she's entertaining you. Well, so I, I'm not a big strip club guy. I I've don't been, like them at all. I've been to one or two, but uh, my I guess the question is, do you talk to them when they're on the stage? I thought they were just performing and you were just watching and tipping. Uh, you just like just yeah, randomly strike up a conversation. It depends. It I depends. know, like if someone's giving you a lap dance, that's different. It's more personal. But no, yeah, you definitely can. You know, it depends on how many people are around. If there's you know, ten guys around the, you know, around the pole, then probably not. You know, but if it's just you and maybe one or two other people, yeah, you can spark up a conversation. Mm. But if it's just one or or two other people, then you're not going at the best time, are you? Well, I mean, when's a bad time to have steak? I'm not talking about the steak. I'm that's the only reason I'm going. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's the only. Listen, I'm like you. Like, I grew up, I don't like strip clubs. I'm like, I'm, I would much rather n not go. You know, that's just kind of, I feel like there's other things we can do. However, if you're Perfect coming time to Portland, for the music to start. If you're coming to Portland, and if you live in Portland and you haven't been to the A crop, go ahead and grab you some food there, if nothing else. And then enjoy the amb ambience. Go for it. Well, that's the, yeah. Okay. I still think you go for the ambiance, and then the steak bites is a, is a plus. No, it's the the ambiance is, is the plus. Then the steak, Jesse, right or wrong? I, I honestly, I'm I'm kind of along the lines of I'm not a strip club guy either. Um, I, I think the last time I went, um, Marie had some friends in from out of town that like that kind of stuff, so they convinced me to go with them to what's that place? Union Jacks on Burnside? Is okay. that what it's called? Yeah. Right. 
I just re- th- there was a chick up there eating a sandwich on the stage while she was dancing. I was eating like, a yeah. sandwich. Eating a sandwich. I mm. was like tapped out, done. And then maybe and some then, people find that I, hot. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was weird. It, I don't it, know. Just not my thing. Just not. My, I've been to one strip club I liked. It was in Vegas. Go figure. Indeed. All right, that's it for us today. Thanks so much for listening. You'll find the podcast and the Les Sharp Tire podcast online afterwards. Happy birthday to my mom. It is her birthday today. Happy birthday. Absolutely. Happy birthday. I will be calling them in a minute, so uh, you'll expect a call from me if you're listening. And, um, and yeah, and we'll be back next week, 9 to 11, and then I think next week is our last week of being Sports Sunday. Maybe, maybe we got two weeks left. I'm not sure. NFL season starts, what, September 6th? So we'll be, we'll be around there. Uh, turning into football Sunday and that's when your fantasy football segment will come back and remember if you have any fantasy football questions you ask us in the text line we will answer better you today text line 55305 we'll see you next week everybody Omaha 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 this one's for Pat this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.